0: Hi, this is Robert Gowen. You're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast. And I appreciate you guys showing up uh, live in the chat room. And if you haven't, please make sure that you join us at uh, Mixler.com. That is www.mixlr.com. You can search out Mentors for Military uh, in the search engine at the top and be able to join us live into the chat room to talk with the uh, the guys from D'Espresso liber. Uh, we're going to be talking to them in just a moment, and on the show, I've got uh, Scott as my sidekick. Uh, Scott, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well, man. How yeah. are you?
0: Good, good. We're going to be uh, running. Scott's going to be running the ch- uh, chat room. Rudy's going to possibly join us a little bit late. Uh, he is uh, tied up at the moment, uh, but as soon as I get the okay from him, I'm going to bring him into the uh, conversation and make sure that um, he's uh, able to be a part of it going forward. Um I do want to also let everybody know that uh, after the show the show will be up on iTunes on SoundCloud as well as for uh, on the the site of mentorsformilitary.com where we have all of our shows Uh, We have new shows called In the Strategy Room where we're taking on uh, separate topics from what we do on the Sunday, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time uh, slots. And I encourage you guys to go out there and um, sign up with SoundCloud or iTunes by subscribing. And you'll get those automatically uh, into your inbox and know when they're available. And uh, if otherwise, you can go to mentorsformilitary.com to the podcast link and find us there. So let's go ahead and get started. I'm really excited about tonight. I tell you what, um, we have been waiting uh, quite some time uh, for uh, this show. I know that uh, you guys have been really busy, Alex and Mondo. So welcome to the show. Welcome to the Mentors Military Podcast.
2: Yeah, I appreciate your time. Sorry for uh, constantly changing the dates on this. No, 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 that's quite all all right.
0: (laughs) We all get busy. And of course, uh, you know, before we get started, um, you know, Alex, I don't know if you want to mention the reason why uh, here in the last couple of weeks that uh, we had to make some changes, but I think it's a really important factor based on the circumstances of what came up a couple of weeks ago.
2: Yeah, we uh was able to head down to uh New Mexico. Uh Sergeant First Class Matt uh, McClintock from the Alf Company uh, the first nineteenth special forces group, uh he was uh, shot and killed in Marjah, Afghanistan. So we were uh since that's where I came from, uh, you know, the SF side of things and uh you know, Mondo was a combat vet too. Once I had a chance to head down and support that, it was uh yeah, definitely took precedence. And that's why we're we're kinda got into coffee to support Gold Star families and uh with something like that that's more uh Uh, yeah it's definitely a priority Uh, so want what support his family and uh, just give whatever support we can
0: amen no I think that's great and uh, Joe uh, Healy from the Green Beret Foundation um, had talked to you guys already and we were able to switch some things up and get you in here to a different date and certainly that takes priority Um, what a great thing that you guys do there we're gonna talk about that a little bit more in just a moment but, of course, let's start off at the very beginning. You guys both served uh, served in the Army, and uh, we want to hear a little bit about that. So maybe we'll start with you, Mondo. We'll kind of key it up, and we'll kind of get a, learn a little bit more about your history, about how and why it was that you joined the military and the timing of that and kind of what you did uh, while you were in service.
3: <clears throat> okay. Um, joined the military in 99, straight out of high school, I think three days, got on a bus, headed over to Georgia. Wow. Did basic training, yeah. Uh, kind of a rough life, you know, getting into trouble. So I needed a way out, and that was it for me. Uh, did my first tour in Germany, part of 136 Infantry, 1st Armored Division. Did about two and a half years there. Then transitioned our BCS over to Fort Lewis, Washington, and that's where I met uh, one of my buddies, who actually linked me up with Alex later on. Uh, because I was mechanized to begin with, they... Uh, Sent me straight over there. Went with the striker brigade and got to do all that fun stuff. Deployed to Iraq 0405. Uh, started out in Baghdad. Worked our way up to Mosul and uh, Talifar, Rawa areas like that. And uh, took some pretty good injuries while I was out there. Uh, so right after the deployment, we got back. was November 05. Ended up getting out in January. And, yeah, went to school and just went from there.
0: Wow. Okay, Jeez. So that's a uh, that's a lot right there. So we're going to get into just a moment too about the uh, the networking that took place to put you and Alex together. But um, okay. Alex, maybe explain a little bit about your background as far as when you came in.
2: Uh, yeah, graduated high school at the same time, but uh, went to school for a little bit. Actually, Bart ended up in Cleveland. Uh, worked at a Irish pub uh, just out, yeah, just outside of Cleveland. Then had joined the army uh, as an 18 X-ray. Then went through that. Uh, it was June 2004, so I went from Ohio to uh, Fort Benning. So that was a huge change in, uh, in weather. Uh, went through uh, OSA training for uh, infantry, then uh, went up, uh, started the Q course, and was a medic. Uh, did language training and everything else that took me about two and a half years uh, to get through, just the way things landed. Uh, I was in first group up till 2013, uh, then transitioned out. Uh, deployed to the Philippines and Afghanistan um, uh, Was on just a basic team a uh, B team then a, uh, a Halo team also wow. and, uh, It just kind of transitioned out looked at uh, what my wife and I were looking at more to do uh, do as a family uh, It was definitely a bit of a strain being gone all the time, but uh, it just looked at starting a business to uh, just to, I guess stay at home and Kind of go from there,
0: yeah, no doubt. It's two and a half years,
2: <gasps> yeah. It's, it was a kick in the stomach, you know, among other things. It was just, uh, I guess the, <laughs> the medic training that was a year to begin with, and we it was before uh, I think it was General Parker when he showed up. Uh, they went from it seems like every couple of years the key course changes, so it went from one system to a modular system, and we had to wait a month to start, I think, Sears school, then after that. With another month of language, but then we had to come out to Fort Lewis for that uh, for the language training. Then once that was completed, six months later, we had to go you know, back to Fort Bragg for uh, for Robin Sage. So it 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 uh, might as well should have should have uh, finished school, then joined at a later date and got it done probably within a year year and a half. But, uh, oh my gosh! Man, your
1: key course seems
2: absolutely backwards to me. So, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Scott, yeah, so you went straight I, into I think eight is uh, no joke. I guess the way I went through.
0: Yeah, you, you went straight in 18 x-ray as well, right, Scott? You didn't go, did, yes. yeah. You so didn't go conventional. The, uh,
2: I was one of the first guys in the x-ray programs.
1: Nice. So very familiar, familiar paths, Alex.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So how was it then that the two of you met? Because you mentioned Mondo, a mutual friend. So um, yeah. was it just you guys were talking and next thing you know? you know? Um, how-
3: <clears throat> actually, my buddy, uh, my old squad leader who I used to work with, Alex, gave me a call. I'm sitting at home drinking a beer looking for work and he's like hey you want to do a logo for me i'm like yeah no problem he's like it's for a buddy of mine i'm like i ain't got nothing to do let's handle it and uh sent me the rough sketch uh i have a background in uh, graphic design and web development so i'm like yeah i'll knock it out took me about three beers and an hour hour and a half to do it <laughs> so it, it was it. horrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i cleaned it up sent it off to him said hey just tell me whatever tweaks you want you know whatever you need and Alex got back to me. He's like, "What do you want for it?" And I'm like, "You know what? This is a favor for my buddy. You know, we've been through a lot, so if he can vouch for you. It's, you know, no, no problem. No sweat. Handle it." And pretty much from there, we started corresponding through emails. He wanted me to do some other work, some flyers and other stuff, and I just, you know, kept working at it, kept plugging it, aw- plugging away at it. I liked what he was getting into and what the company was about, and one thing led to another, and we started working together and really pushing the product and pushing the message.
0: No, that's awesome. So most of the conversation that you guys are, how you guys ended up really building a relationship then is through email, long distance, conversations, and all that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, it took almost, almost a year before we finally met.
0: Wow. See, that's Rudy and I. Actually, Rudy and I, uh, and Scott is for that matter, but Uh, Rudy and I started off uh, really uh, conversing through social media and the next thing you know we just jumped on the phone uh, together with one another um, and probably about six hours later on a phone conversation um, we were like wow we've got so much similarities and so much things in common and uh, you know and then of course Scott's the same way of course Scott's way the hell over in Australia so it's not like I can just you know Jump on a plane and go oversee him. Don't be, don't be
1: jealous, man. Sorry. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So speaking of which, you guys are in two separate locations. So, Alex, where are you at?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Are you still
0: up in Seattle area then? Or
2: yeah. Okay,
0: and then Mondo, you're down in California.
2: Yeah,
3: unfortunately, yeah, for the next few months.
0: Oh, that's not unfortunate. Geez, those are beautiful places. So both of them, as matter of fact um all right so what was kind of the driving force behind getting up uh you know and starting this so what is it as scott wanted to say what is it about getting up in the morning and drinking coffee that made you want to do it as a business
2: oh it's a good lead-in to drink a beer later in the day so that's
0: right <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, but then uh, you end up reverting back to the coffee as well to sober <laughs> right. up yeah
2: no, it was uh yeah i didn't really start drinking coffee until uh I guess the language portion of the Q course, but once, uh, that hit, it was, uh, you know, one of those things you'd always get up in the morning and just drink, you know, as you're drinking the, the video right now, yeah. <laughs> so, but it's, uh, it's, things, you know, it's a functional drink, but, uh, you know, the team room, you know, wherever you're at, you can have a couple beers, but you know, with coffee. It just seemed like it was more, more of a functional and a social drink. Right. And, uh, uh, really got the idea of it when we were in Southeast Asia a few years ago and it was just you're doing math and uh, there's another buddy of mine uh, we were sitting down and we we're talking about it and we looked at the cost of coffee at the point of origin because there was a plantation you know just uh, a few miles down the road from us then uh, you, look, you look at the volumes and it hit us that you know coffee is actually the second largest tra- uh, trade commodity in the world or at least in the United States you know second to oil um, And it just, that that was, I guess, the the seed for the thought of starting the company. Um, It was initially, hey, let's buy stuff from over here and just ship it right over and sell it. But then uh, you get into exporting, then the the fees, the licensing, and everything with that. It was just a lot easier to get online, look at, you know, the do it yourself type sites, and, you know, just look for distributors over here. There's actually plenty of them.
0: So you have never really made coffee at this point now. So you drank it, but you didn't really, like, know. Or, or did he, you? I
2: didn't roast it. Uh, probably just like like everyone else. You just go to a store, you buy it. and If you get it from the grocery store, if it's pre-ground, you just throw it in the machine, and you know, just your car oil comes out, and you wake up. Yes, yeah. that's, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, yeah, that was uh, yeah, that that was really it. Once I started roasting, it was actually with a heat gun
0: and a steel bowl. Um, oh my god! So so that's most primitive.
2: Of that, most Field you know, expedient method there. <laughs> yeah. so I watched Breaking Bad then I sat down and I figured <laughs> what can I do in my garage with the most smoke hopefully blow something up and start but, uh and of
3: course he needed an assistant so he called me up yeah.
0: so you and found not- a hub so you found a hub cap you found some coffee <laughs> <laughs> found a blowtorch
2: yeah well it's uh, one of the sites it's what the guy showed I mean you look at most of the home roasting units that are you know pretty pricey um, it's a heating unit and a fan you know, that's what heat gun is so you know, the closer you put the heat gun to the beans, the hotter it gets. You you pull it back, you know, it cools it down a little bit, and then it just it, it was really trial by error. But uh, it was a gr- good learning curve, actually being able to see, smell, and listen to the beans as they roast. So it sounds completely nothing like jumping out of planes or shooting things, but you know, it's it's a good way to start, I guess. So it's still problem solving. It's still yeah. Right somewhere. Yeah.
0: So you started off with then. Uh, you did start off with uh, getting your beans and stuff long distance and shipping them in, and then you end up going more local as far as the beans. I'm sorry,
2: or? Uh, no. What, once it came back, your uh, post deployment looking into shipping them would have just been uh, would have been too involved. And yeah. there's actually distributors who have warehouses with uh, thousands of pounds about excuse me pounds of, but bags of coffee um, that you can. Uh, get in contact with them. They can they'll give you a list of you know by country lots within that country, and you can pick and choose. Then it's it's really easy just to place an order. You know, they ship you if you start out you know five pounds at a time or whatever. You know, then just go from there. So, but you know, buying within the country. But uh, I guess the plan is later on you know, to to go direct to the plantations.
0: So knowing nothing about this, the first thing I did, of course, is Googled it. So I, I started, started Googling about the roasting process, and, of course, I'm all excited about, you know, all right, this is, I, I never understood all of this. Of course, I love drinking coffee, and I, I reached out to Scott, and, of course, Scott let me know that Scott was a barista at Starbucks. Oh, so fancy. So we have oh, somebody yeah. in our presence. Of course, my first question <laughs> then God, was, God. did you wear the green apron or the black apron? Scott?
1: I, I said both because I was the master barista. I was I was good. Well yeah. before the army, but so you know, just, I love Starbucks. Great company. I'm not going to yeah. try. It. So just in case fun.
0: you're looking for somebody to kind of help you out from a barista standpoint, I wanted you to know that, Alex. And Mondo. I want
1: barista of the year for the North Shore, of Chicago. There you so go. Nice.
0: Yeah. Yep. I wore that
1: tab right my long tab. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can get the patch made up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gotta have pride in what you are, man. It's all humble beginnings. Yep.
0: So were you guys able to tap in any kind of mentorship or uh, mentors or anything like that in starting a business, Alex? I mean, how did, was it, I mean, did you go through the transition assistance program and, and that's where you kind of thought of the idea or where was it that kind of the brainchild of starting up a company and getting that kind of going? Because there's, there's a lot that goes into that, obviously.
2: Um, yeah. I can't say that there were any mentors to begin with. Uh, when I started roasting, I was still uh, in first group and, just the idea of starting business, a lot of family had been in small business, I mean, for, for years. I and mean, you've reached back quite a few generations. I'm sure with anyone's family, uh, there's been a lot of business-minded uh, people in my family along with the you know, military and you know some other things. Um, then you look at – it sound corny, but you look at the founding fathers. They had their hands like in so many different fires. And uh, a lot of them it had small businesses just to finance whatever else they're doing. So I guess that was the, the main start for that thought. Yeah. Um, but when it came to mentors there was one uh, lady during the uh, ECAP yeah, process the transition process that just gave a class on small business and that's really been the only mentorship we've had you know so far um, I guess actually Mondo, what were you saying with uh, I think earlier today you were talking about us going like backwards but it, it's working oh
3: yeah, yeah we're just, <clears throat> just our business model is different you know we don't follow the traditional leads that other businesses do and uh, just hit it backwards instead of having the structure and everything down we got the foundation on what we want to do but we're just attacking it from different ways actually reaching out and working with some of our competition instead of you know oh no I can't work with that guy you know he's he's against us or he's you know the competition we're working together and pushing each other to help you know us grow as veteran companies.
0: No, I think that's great. Actually, you know, there, of course, there's always going to be um, those folks that say you got to have a business plan. And then from the business plan, that yeah. helps you understand your strength and weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and your marketing strategy. And from that, you can go out and get, you know, venture capital funding. But there's something to be said about the, you know, the American spirit and the American way of entrepreneurship sometimes and just going out through, through trial and error. And let me just kind of play with this and see a little bit if this is actually going to work. And if it can grow and become something that could pay my bills um, and, you know, I mean, there's something to be said from that too. And I'll go back and write a business plan later on. I'll go back and, and do some of those things. So they're all lessons learned. There's, there's so many different ways to get from point A to point B. It's, it's all about, you know, the lessons along the way. And are you experiencing those and being able to go over the hurdles? Because most businesses, as you guys know, don't last it last over the last uh, or the first 12 months or 24 months. And, you guys have been in business how long now?
2: I uh, well, we have we've had this, the espresso Libera since October of uh, 15, Excuse me, fourteen. Uh, but I had a, a different brand uh, a solid year prior to that. Um, so I guess with that, we've also started without any overhead. It's it's been yeah. a, a home based business, so I've had to have everything inspected and blessed off you know, by the state, um, for it to be valid. But with that, you know, I knew I wasn't moving anywhere. My wife, you know, she's a full-time teacher, uh, so that was part of the plan. Uh, you know, how, how can we build this so it's sustainable, and the only thing that we would need is input from the customers? Um, I guess going back to that, too, that that was part of a business plan that I did have written up you know, from the beginning. There was a mission statement, you know, like a, so I guess a first-year, a couple-year, five-year goal. There was a lot of the traditional planning, looking at threats, where I was going to get uh, – a product from what you know, the, the cost structure would be with everything, but uh, like Mondo was saying it It's been so flexible because as soon as I started that pulled the trigger just like anybody knows from business Or even the military side or any job or any walk of life as soon as you take that first step it all goes out the window um, You just have to keep that the general idea of where you're going or, or at least have a plan well, I think um, that's,
1: that's Sorry, Alex. so I will sounding, yeah. sounding sacrilegious, and my friend Socrates would, would slap me right now if he were in the room with me. But um, <laughs> I think sometimes the, the worst thing about a business plan is that you know, a lot of people view them, and it, and it constrains you in your activities, and you only feel comfortable going after those avenues that you've identified and, and put in writing. But in reality, you know, with that military mindset, and especially being combat veterans, both you and Mondo, that ability to adapt to changing environments and to see new opportunities and ventures. And most importantly, the comfort that comes from you knowing who each of you are internally through those trials and tribulations you've experienced. That comfort with that adaptability enables you to target new areas of potential growth and and tackle them properly. Yeah, Yeah, definitely.
0: I mean, I think I found you guys initially, I'm trying to think back if it was – a Google search that I was doing on something that ended up going into a chat room or something along those lines and somebody referenced you. I went out and looked at your site. I ordered the coffee, drank the coffee and the whole bit and didn't know anything about you guys other than what you saw on the website, what I experienced myself. And then, of course, I started reaching out to you guys and said, hey, listen, um, you you guys are onto something. I'd love to have you guys. And Um, So, I mean, it's first about, I think, just because you're a veteran business, automatically, you know, folks that are veterans are going to lean more towards those types of of businesses. And um, you're certainly selling a product that every one of us who are veterans are used to drinking. I mean, it's either beer, which I know there's a Long Tab Brewing Company, I believe, that's out there and a couple other Uh, guys and stuff. And uh, Southern Pines, it's out of uh, North Carolina. And, you know, those guys are Long Tabbers and Special Forces guys as well. Um, And uh, so, I mean, it's just something about that business that um, obviously coffee and beer, we brought that up already. They seem to go hand in hand. Um, Yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah, they they do. Actually, To uh, take some of your thunder, Long Tab Brewing, if you look at OSS Stout. Uh, that's made with our coffee and it has the espresso, the Oh, is it really? Dishes. Yep. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. Like, uh, we were talking about just a second ago, just, uh, staying flexible and just talking with people and we're able to get our, our hands into a lot of things. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background that we're working on with relationships
3: and just other businesses, you know, to collaborate and come out with new products.
2: Yeah, I think it's a long brewing ourselves, Grill Outfitters, and Warlord Beard Oil. You know, we're always just kind of talking just because we're SF-owned businesses with completely different things. Uh, Gnarly Beard Oil.
0: Yeah, out of uh, Mobile, Alabama, I think. Uh,
2: yeah, Warlord is, yep, yeah. Yeah. Then uh, Gnarly Beard Oil, uh, it's another veteran. He's not an SF guy. He's a I think airborne uh, military police, but his father was SF, and he reached out to us to start a uh, a coffee-infused beard oil.
0: Oh, I yeah. saw that. Yeah, where uh, I saw a picture or something of that, where they'd ground up the coffee and it was a like a little video <laughs> thing, and he was putting it in his beard. And yeah. uh, but I actually I said something to my son-in-law who has a beard, and he was like, you know, actually, um, coffee stimulates growth. And he was giving me all this whole philosophical thing about how it helps the beard. Um, yeah, knew so nothing about that.
3: the coffee that helps the beard.
0: Never knew that. See, so you have many different uh, aspects of your business. Um, Yeah, so you got the beer aspect of it, the the beard growing capabilities, you know, (laughs) certainly right down the, uh, you know, the community stretch there. Yeah. Um, So how did you guys come up with the name in the first place? Because, of course, I know it's a play on Diopresso, but I mean, what a brilliant name, by the way.
2: Um, Well, I guess tying back into everything that we're doing, it's... uh it's definitely not isolation. It wasn't one of our thoughts, actually. Um, it was the name existed. Uh, the guy who uh, well, you said it takes it back. But when I transitioned out, I was working with uh, the National Guard uh, with a different program on the active side for about eight months. And the other guy I worked with, you know, he was uh, also a long tabber. and with the other brand that I had, uh, it was Crazy Scott Coffee, and it just there was no penetration in the market with that at all. It was uh, you know, my family background: Scotch, Irish, and German. So I was using that, uh, but it, it just didn't do anything. So we're trying to look at uh, Halo this, Diver's Dark Roast, whatever. Uh, then my buddy Joe, he actually blurted out De Espresso Le Verre, You know, how about that? Um, so I looked at him, and I made sure that he wasn't going to take and actually run with it. You know, I gave him the second <laughs> yeah. you know, if, uh, As soon as you're done with work, I'm going to go down to the, uh, the Department of Licensing, or Revenue, excuse me, and uh, have that trademarked, the yeah. trade name. It's for the state. And, uh, yeah, he shrugged his shoulders, but I don't think he realized he was letting go of a gold mine because, uh, no doubt. But after I did that, there was an old copyright from 2008, I believe from Colorado. So there was a gentleman somewhere or somebody, uh, that I think was connected with 10th group or a group at some other point who had to express bear as a, I think a cop or a cafe in Colorado, something, but it was abandoned. So, uh, we just took it, kind of put it into the existing model of what I was doing, then uh, you know, I guess the rest is short-term
0: history. So I guess, Monday, so, you came up with the logo?
2: Uh, I just came up with the logo. I
3: refined it and cleaned it up because I, I have a graphic, degree, uh, graphic design background. I uh, got on Illustrator and cleaned it up for them and <clears throat> made different copies of it in different
2: versions. Yeah. And, yeah, we have an extra one. Yeah, the ones you see online, uh, on the website, everywhere else, that's all Mondo's work. But the the, the hand-stamped bags, that's actually the original hand drawing for the logo. Oh, wow. That's pretty
0: interesting. Uh, I think I got uh, Dox Brew is, I believe, the one I got in Dark Roast. Okay. And um, it was really cool when I got the bag. And of course, you know, you're thinking oh, all these different companies and the types of bags that you end up getting the coffee in. Uh, but your company came in a brown bag, you know, just like it shows on the, the site. And it's very generic. But yet it, it was something when I saw the picture that was on there that kind of brought it home as to what it was that I was, I was supporting a Gold Star family in the process of drinking this coffee. So it kind of had that feel good moment. You know, um, at that point, it didn't really matter how good the coffee was. Not that it wasn't good coffee, but it was also. (laughs) It was actually
2: bought from Costco. We just got (laughs) something.
3: It worked. I told you. I told you. I got marketing down.
0: So. <laughs> it was brilliant. But I mean, yeah, as soon as I, uh, I got the coffee and I opened it up, it was just like, you know, it, just, it felt good. It felt right. And uh, I, I think that's a great model for you guys that you guys have put that together. And so a lot of these uh, families that you end up supporting and, and that you end up representing <laughs> on your sites for different um, types of coffee beans, um, are, are those things that you end up approaching them about, they approach you about? How do some of those relationships end up happening?
2: Uh, it's actually both. Uh, with uh, Mike Simpson's coffee, the Café d'Escafoy, that was a, a phrase that he made up. Uh, I actually received an email from his old team leader and his wife. Uh, she's involved with Word Blue Run to Remember. And May 1st was the day that he actually passed away. And there was a run, I think, on that day or, or May 2nd. It was actually, excuse me, it was May 2nd of this past year. And uh, that was the dart of the, like the gold star blends you know before it was all single origin just trying to make blends that were cool but uh once we sat down and talked about it uh i think the realization uh not just for the business but really well no it was for the business but but pushing out these stories and actually having a meaningful product uh it uh it really dawned on me you know we even talked about that it, it feels weird selling a product and, and putting it back into the company that's you know from a fallen brother. But uh, even Mrs. Simpson said that you know, this is a way that she knows that whenever somebody buys that coffee, you know, his image, it goes out on that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of, you know, they take a few seconds, you know, they read the back and they, they kind of remember him. But, uh, she approached me. Um, I think Mrs. Maggart for a father's pride for Brandon Maggart. She approached me, but I think it was Doc Spru and Pacino. Uh, I approached the families. I, I knew Wyatt. Um, and we had, donated some money for matt pacino uh, quite a few months ago but something just stuck out that you know uh, you know i guess i just you know asked the family so i shot some emails out and asked i believe his sister and uh you know they they uh they really liked it i guess he was a big coffee drinker and you know they all drink get donuts together so you know they sent him a ton of coffee overseas so it was just one of those things it just just happened to be uh it i don't know it just happened so, and we're working, we're working. You, of, for, uh, I'm sorry, sorry
1: man, I was going to ask you if you knew Matt or not, but I knew him very well. Great you know, guy. What? So, uh, to see his picture on your website for the Gold Star, just amazing, man. Like, what a, what a great concept and, and phenomenal <laughs> idea. And the support you're giving the Gold Star families is just world class.
2: Yeah. Again, the, the credit for the idea goes, uh, again, his old team leader, Derek Carter, and, and uh, well, not Matt, excuse me, but uh, to Mike Simpsons. Because, uh, again, it was, again, like I said before, nothing happens in isolation. And it, a lot of the ideas that we have. It's trying to create more of a a team mentality, I guess, that came from the Simpson family. So it was was a great idea on their part. I'm just lucky that they presented it to us, that we're so far able to do a decent job with it.
0: Was that the family that uh, – one of those, if I remember reading correctly, before I ordered – because I went down to each one trying to figure out which one I'd like based on I'm, – I'm a big Starbucks drinker. So it was like which one matches similar to what I'm comfortable in drinking and all that. And I noticed there was one of them where um, – and maybe there was more, but where a family um, said this is a type of blend, you know, this type of bean and this type of way from this type of country. I don't know if it was one of those um, –
2: I don't think they chose the specific country, but each family, I guess, to tie it back into the bags. They choose the image. Uh, I, we work on a name. We work on the write-up. But they also say what type of coffee okay, yes. they think would best represent you know that family. Like Matt Pacino, uh, I think his sister and his family said again, going back to Dunkin' Donuts, just a good smoky coffee taste. Right. Um, but if they don't know, uh, we develop five different blends then we just present them then you know they, they just choose one then from that uh like i said it's where you get that description on the site with you know where the coffee comes from like the different parts of the blend um and how it's roasted so
0: it's awesome again it's a great way of honoring uh, those guys those families and especially if those families either come to you or end up working with you on it um it, it's a way of like honoring them forever You know, I mean, as as long as you guys exist, as long as those coffees are made, as long as everybody gets that bag and opens it up, they're looking, like you said, at that picture. It's a way of honoring. Um, I think it's great that you guys uh, even came up with that. Um, You know, so, you know, you talked about you went through the transition assistance program and everything. What was your overall thought of the transition program as you were getting out? Now, we all know that it's a mandatory program we got, you know, we have to go through, but... Overall, you know, and be honest, what was, you know, your overall take of it as you went through it? Each of you. Bondo, you want to go first?
2: Uh, Sure.
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When I got out, I was a little jaded with some of the things that happened to me, so I kind of breezed through the program, Uh, didn't really pay attention, didn't like some of the stuff they were presenting, so I kind of, I didn't really take advantage of any of that. And ended up getting out and kind of being lost for a few years Wow! and really figuring out what to do with my life and with myself. And it took probably seven years before I got back in school, you know, doing whatever jobs I could here and there. But <clears throat> it was such a fast transition for me because, like I said, I got back in November, October, November from Iraq. And then all of a sudden, you know, I got 90 days before I'm out of the army. And it's like, oh, what do I do now? And the whole time I was dealing with politics in my unit and playing that game or not playing that game so I didn't really take as much advantage as I should have out of that program
0: you know that happens way too often though um you know Rudy and I had talked about especially those guys that end up getting medically discharged Uh, they don't have that opportunity to sit back for a year two years three years to make that plan of exit and what's the best thing that I want to end up going into and I mean you're kind of thrust into it and you know bam you're there
3: Yeah, next you thing you know, you're out, and then you got to
2: figure it all out. That's tough. It is.
0: Uh, Alex, uh, how was your situation? Was it the same or different?
2: Uh, I'd say it was different, uh, just since I had a plan of attack, I guess, uh, to a point, because uh, uh, I still wasn't sure if this thing could take off, and it is still, you know, a business is growing, so luckily I had some money saved up. But uh, I think to start out with, uh, what would help. If uh, the guys had more time to take advantage of stuff. I know the units, I know with mine, the, uh, the team and company leadership, they, they really didn't give too much time for anybody to at least attempt to take advantage of stuff. You know, I really had to, uh, I knew having been in for long enough and I guess being an E7, it wasn't, you know, in a position of being an e, like a lower ranking guy and really being kicked around. Uh, I really did put my feet down and, uh, attempt to take advantage as best I could. You know, the classes, the different resume things, at least trying to get information about, not necessarily benefits, but just see who else is out there and I guess do the SF thing and and try and network. Um, The classes aren't bad, but I think it's way too cookie-cutter to to catch-all. And I I don't blame the Army at all for that. At least it's it's an attempt. If somebody doesn't have an idea, they're giving somebody – At least the basic building blocks of what civilian life should be like again, Um, and that's one thing I think guys do need to realize when you get out, you are starting from the bottom up again, and it's uh, it's not a different world. It's what we enjoy the military to protect. So it is it is different. It's not as structured, but that's uh, with the society that we have. It's it's an open ended society based on freedom so when you get out hell yeah everyone's gonna act weird and do their own thing and you have to get used to that again but you you should take that discipline that either was forced upon you or you, you chose to take and uh you just apply yourself a little bit more and if you get out of it what you, what you put into it um, exactly so i think that's the roundabout way of it really with a cap program it, it could be better everything can but if you sit back and blow it off yeah hell yeah you're not you're not going to get anything out of it so it might not be much, but if it's just that one kernel of information that you can take and walk with, um, I would suggest that if people are going to PCS back to their hometown or a different location or you're staying in the area, go through the ACAP. But start looking around the areas that you're going to be living in because I know Lacey has a small business you know, support, I mean a massive structure for small business and entrepreneur, the entrepreneurship that, that's free. And uh, there's just different people around that, that are veteran-friendly. Uh, So even if you're going back, let's say, uh, northern Michigan, like where I was a kid at, there's plenty of people um, anywhere you can just start talking to. Let them know you're going to show up, see if you need help, you need a job, whatever, and just have that bridge. Because if you don't have that bridge, you need to build it for yourself after you get out.
0: Um, Yeah. Well said. I mean, I think there's... uh, We've talked about it in the last uh, couple of podcasts about the Boots to Business program that the Small Business Administration has. And uh, it's enabled you know, it's a program that lasts two or three days. It helps them, um, you know, with writing a business plan, understand the marketing aspects of it, maybe securing funding from venture capitalists or angel funding or something of that nature, all those types of things that they end up taking you through. And it's a part of the program that's with the ACAP or the Transition Assistance programs that are out there. But not a lot of people, it sounds like, from what we've ran into, are really familiar with that program. Um, Certainly, with someone like you guys who are thinking about entrepreneurship, I mean, you come up with an idea, you start to take a leap of faith. In a lot of cases, you're really just running with it. And, you know, if you have people who can be mentors that have truly been there, done that, and blazed the trail ahead of you to say, no, no, Alex Mondo, you don't want to do X because that's going to, you know, lead you down the wrong path. Um, that type of free advice is always helpful wherever you can get it. And it oh, sounds absolutely. like, yeah, <laughs> it sounds like you guys are doing that in your own way through your networking with other businesses, um, that are probably giving you tips along the way as well as what worked, what didn't work. And you're probably sharing the same types of things. It, that's great.
2: Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's absolutely true. I know, uh, Jen Paquette at the GBF, uh, she's, I need to slow down and actually refine the business plan. Uh, but she's trying to hook us up with the proper mentors. And again, with, uh, just paying attention to, again, like local business leaders. Uh, there's people that they don't mind giving that advice, and that, that there were individuals I did tap into heavily before I got out. Um, but I think with just what we're doing, it's gotten so busy. It's hard to slow down and, and try to contact people. But Nando and I, we've been talking the past couple of weeks, and before you know, forcing uh, you know, Matt was killed um, going down in, you know, with that, uh, being busy with that, then the shot show. Uh, we have identified that we're definitely at the point before we move any further. It would be completely ignorant of us to not get somebody in and pick their brain. Um, yeah. We've definitely this structure down. We know that it works. You know, we've both done plenty of reading on business, made sure that there weren't things that we were blatantly missing. Um, there were some good points somebody made about you know really what it comes down to keep it simple. It's about customer service, a quality product, a good story, you know, value behind your product, not just the price point, but why are they buying it? Who are they supporting? Who are they giving to? So we've hit that, and I, I think that the foundation is certainly better than most other businesses because we've identified that before we stepped off. But yeah, if you're going to grow, there's <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that we just don't know. You have to identify that, and I don't want to say know your weaknesses, but just uh, scalability.
0: You know Yeah, I mean, scalability is a big deal. I mean, when you start talking about trying... Well, again, it depends upon your three-year, five-year vision that you've been, you know, talking about in the very beginning of where you wanted to be in that time frame. Uh, But you've got to be able to position it in a way that... Um, you know you can scale up to that to deliver on that because one of your taglines is quality over quantity and I mean if you really believe that and want to stay that um, home based type of feel in terms of you know delivering a product that you feel good about and everything else it's going to take that additional work you know to create that quality
3: yeah we've actually turned down a couple opportunities we've had to scale up just because it's the capacity is too big for what we want to do at the moment. And so we've you know, had to let some opportunities go just because we don't Let's, want to grow.
2: We want to keep that
3: quality over quantity.
2: That's yeah. one thing I think people need to uh, realize too. I and mean, there's there was nothing wrong with what he said with the opportunities, but being able to scale a business up and maintain, I guess, it really just your survivability. It's not necessarily you're letting an opportunity go. You're letting like the chance of yeah. destroying your business go yeah because uh, you know, where we're at there's nothing wrong a lot of businesses started small but with quality over quantity we know our capacity we know what budget we have if you if you work past that and you know it you're essentially walking into a minefield you know there's huge opportunities for like a company like starbucks you know, there, it's like uh people getting mad at the yankees i mean starbucks can crank out i, I don't know how many pounds of coffee a day but that, that's just their model and they can support different things but with like the personalized bags if we stay within that for the time being that that's that's the where we're not We're not stepping out into a kill zone um, And that that was a very good point somebody made and uh, You have to know what your passion is know what your goal is like the point of the business uh, and Know that before you start looking at uh, dollar signs because yeah it, There's a huge potential to make a lot of money with these you know opportunities, but uh if, that, if you survive. try to get that opportunity destroys your business, there's no point in it. No, yeah. exactly.
1: That's, that's a, you know, in the military, we coin it the hard right, easy wrong, right? We all know these terms. Exactly. And, but sometimes we, we see these dollar signs and these potential, you know, what we think are, are named opportunities and they flash in front of our eyes. And, and we get too busy and we, we don't look, you know, left and right with our horse blinders and we just start running blindly towards them. When in reality it, it, we're devastating our businesses just by chasing, you know, these these misnomers of opportunities. When when it's going to be fatal to to what we're trying to do. Yeah, so.
0: I, I You know, I've even seen this same thing. By the way, work in large corporations where they think that they want to go to mass production, and they end up. Um you know, I hate to say selling their soul to the devil in a sense, but what you end up doing is working like you had mentioned Alex for the Almighty Dollar as opposed to thinking about the quality and the customer um, in the end. because who really defines quality is the customer. And um, so if you're producing a, a product in mass uh, and you're able to do it in a way that doesn't um, change what you define in your customer base that you've, you know, learned over time, you understand and everything else and that's fine. Uh, but if you have to compromise that, I think you're making the right decisions and making sure you're doing it in an approach where you kind of crawl, walk, run, as opposed to just trying to get out the gate, um, as you mentioned, and try to just think about the dollar and, and get there quickly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly it. Right. I mean, obviously any business, the dollar, the almighty dollar does dictate pretty much everything you do, but, uh, mm-hmm. Again, trying to flip it on its head, you also need to define what that dollar means for everyone else. Because, again, I think you said it too, that the customer decides well, they vote with a dollar. Right. And uh, by yeah. doing that, again, they, they want to see some good come of it. And, uh, again, you can make make that almighty dollar work for everybody. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's walking a tightrope, really, and just trying to find that, that even balance. But, uh
0: so where are you at? Where are you at in your model right now? As far as um, I mean, are you able to go full board? And this is the full time job for both of you, or where are you at? Kind of in the stage of development. Like ahead, Mondo.
2: Um,
3: well, I I get a pension, so I'm allowed to do this full time. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, but, uh, and I got a I got a sugar mama at home, so <laughs> works out works out for me. Uh, no, I was actually. I went to school, but I was unemployed for probably four years and I hustled, you know, flipping cars and different ways to make money. And when this came along, it's something I could dedicate myself full time to and I see the vision. And like yeah. Alex said, we have like zero overhead. And to keep it that way, we're reinvesting the money. Sure, I could pull a little bit here and there if I wanted to, but I'd rather see the business grow and develop and try to help out as much as we can. So for me, it's easy to do it full time.
2: Yeah. Well, it's actually turning into. Uh, just the, the requirements for roast time, what Mondo has to do with social media, it's – within the past, I'd say, six months, it's certainly developed more into a full-time job. Yeah. Uh, the income that we are seeing come in, uh, there is a little bit that we have – I mean, you have to take some for yourself. Um, yeah. I gave Mondo a little bit uh, here and there just for, I mean, the graphics, the time that he puts in. You know, we're very frugal with what we do, but uh, I, the way that it's progressing, again, anything could, could falter and fail. But within the next six months to a year, this, this should be profitable for us, you know, to actually, you know, take some money home from, um, this is the best answer. I, no, no, it's great cuz really actually small.
0: I've yeah. seen the growth over god I like I said I I probably bought that back in November October time frame and I've been monitoring you guys ever since then and I and I've been able to see the growth that's occurring within your business and and I know you guys have to be excited. I can see, hear it in your voices and um, again, I, I love the things that you're talking about it because it fits exactly with what we've been sharing in our past podcasts about you have to have a vision, you have to have a purpose and a passion, and it's got to be something that you can either apply to your job, you can take and apply to something else. But once you have that purpose and passion, um, it can really drive you forward. Um, if you can apply it to the work that you do, great. If you apply it to a new business as you guys have done, um, it, I think it's going to take you far because... You guys again are, are doing it in the right way of scaling it, um, making sure that you're you're doing it in the right way so that you don't have to go back and do it over again. Nobody likes to do things twice, and um, you know that's that's kind of the way you're doing it. So, are you doing everything be online a hundred percent, or um, is your future kind of to go more? Or are you doing it now with this, uh, distribution or distributors in a in a greater uh, uh, volume as you're starting to work towards this I know you mentioned you're not looking at going directly with one or you just turn down one but I mean is that kind of your goal is to find the right fit in uh, vision and culture and everything and eventually start getting out there to the marketplace and other than just the online or
2: uh, yeah uh, right now obviously yeah, it is online but we're looking at either having a mobile uh, like roasting brewing platform type thing that we can take out two jumps you know, different events, you know, on post. Um, but, yeah, there is one gentleman who's transitioning out and we've spoken a few times about where he's going to be at. Um, he was, I guess for years looking at getting into coffee and he wants to have a hard, you know, brick and mortar location but he was going to have uh, something, you know, like an SF style coffee house, you know, called the team house but every time he, he went to draw a logo, he kept coming up to ours and he was just like, you know, that that kind of, that took it. Right. But, uh, yeah, that gentleman, he was actually in the same company that, that I had been in a few years ago. So the more we talk, it's, uh, you know, Mondo fell into this. Uh, what was LinkedIn, excuse me. Um, but <laughs> being so small, uh, there's no reason why we can't bring in more vets and not have a hierarchy, but have more of a team environment because that's more what you know people know um, and, I guess, appreciate. So we are looking at getting hard locations down. Uh, we did link into McNamara's and DuPont. Uh, they like the gold star idea because they heavily support you know the wear blue render runs to remember program. So they're running the coffee, there's different businesses. Uh, I think i5 Guns has been talking to us. You know there, there's certain locations that want to run uh, products and have an inventory. So you know with us looking at our model, trying to keep overhead down and build up uh, I think a cash cow before we sink it into a location. You know it's to build up those funds, but that's through you know, these proxy sites essentially. Know, to have them run it, build up a customer base, of brand recognition. You know, then move forward. So, um, the long-term goal, you know, is to be outside of every group. Just because again, it identifies with, you know, I like guess the, the brotherhood, maybe the sisterhood in the future. You never know. Um, <laughs> that, that is, but uh, it's just a tie into a group of people that have really put a lot on the line and sacrificed to be to be part of this. Um, another goal with this is. You know, whenever people take off on these long work trips, you know, you have you might have a couple of spouses back at home that, that they don't have time to look for a full time job. But if we have these locations, they can show up. Um, and if we get if Steve to help uh, teach everyone how to be a barista, we could know, yeah, yep, skill set. Scott,
0: it's, are you for hire? Uh, for
1: sorry, uh, Scott. <laughs> I might dust off the aprons, man, and uh, help out if I have to. <laughs>
0: So I did notice that when I was looking around, like on Facebook and such, that I found uh, different products that you guys are um, had also kind of played with. Are you guys looking at perhaps going, um, selling the products beyond that? I mean, even if you go to some of these other companies that we mentioned earlier, you can find, you know, the cups. And I know you guys have had that. You can find the different tumblers, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, is that something that you guys are looking at? Because I mean, that can almost end up being a full-time job. I mean, you you mentioned the social media, you mentioned the the coffee brewing aspect of it, the um, the actual sales and marketing and getting in front of people, like the shot show and everything else that you guys were doing. Um, I mean, it was merchandising, one of those things that you're also looking at as well.
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, there, there's one gentleman who is a uh, he was an ex-signals guy, and he's looking at becoming a chaplain yeah. now. He's actually started another website, just moving some patches and stuff on the side um, to have that grow. Um, so we're using him. Uh, he has a business background, a uh, big engineering degree. Uh, he, he has uh, a solid foundation for himself, but he's he's helping us develop that. Um, but with, I think, Mugs and shirts again, we're trying into different companies. Potters Fire, uh, we're going to have a discussion with them at the end of the week. Uh, they're a f- small I think five or six person operation in Virginia and they heavily support the military they have a great product and we're going to look at getting a uh, you know, different series of mugs that, that really cover different things uh, within SF history and you know, a whole bunch of other uh, avenues so it's you know, it was coffee and mugs and shirts it all ties together so we would be kind of uh, it'd be a bad choice not to move into merchandising because if coffee slows down you know, a week here or there it's yeah, you know, more sources of revenue that's it's just it's a smart thing to do.
0: Absolutely. I think it helps in the ebbs and flows and you know, the peaks and valleys so it levels things out a little bit more because what you end up making not making the coffee, you end up making the merchandise or vice versa. But they also go in handy because it's a marketing piece as as I'm walking yeah. around with a hat or with a T shirt or whatever, somebody's like, What is that? you know?
2: Oh, exactly. Um, <laughs> so we could yeah, we could <laughs> actually pay a lot of money in marketing where you know push the merchandise and have that permanent item it's out in the pop you know the populace to uh, you know, kinda put push the product. So again to go back to Robin Sage yeah. one oh one, it's just you know some Will Sartain stuff and we're we're phase one right now, so we're just kinda getting the idea and the image, you know, recognized and you know it's essentially scaling up from there.
0: Yeah, I love the fact that we're talking to you so early. Then, uh, in that process, because we're going to bring you back when you guys are multimillionaires and have you on and uh, tell us the whole story. So, what would be the uh, the advice that you would give those? I mean, you mentioned a little bit of it, but I mean, you've learned lessons learned along the way, and in an after action review. What would be some of those things that you could tell somebody who's thinking about starting their own business um, that you've kind of learned in the last you know eighteen months or so, or two years?
2: Bond, do you want to take this one first, and I'll, I'll follow up. I guess the biggest
3: thing is go for it, you know, it's, you know, I don't necessarily want to say a leap of faith, but, uh, yeah, just just go full steam ahead. Like I took the lessons I learned from the military, you know, and the structure and everything and applied it to it. And, you know, just went at it. Uh, I had a great opportunity with Alex, you know, to work on something that I could find a passion in. Like I drink coffee all the time on deployment, on patrols and everything. So it was something I could fall into. And I had to do with the military. I had to deal, uh, do with giving back. So um, I tried a couple things on my own in the past and failed. And I could, I could have easily gave up and been like, you know what, business isn't for me. But you know, the biggest thing is go for it.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, You think you're. Yeah. uh, Before you step out, you can have a plan. As Scott hit it, uh, it's it'll change day to day. Uh, but before you leave, don't don't think that a lot of guys' backgrounds will carry them through. Um, but that's not always the case. You know, always have a backup plan. Have your pace plan. Um, the way that I kind of had Mondo fall into the business—that is something that is not advised. You don't want somebody yeah. you haven't worked with, you haven't known for years, you, you don't know well, uh, because it could be a week, two weeks, six months into this business, and you know this person goes off, you know, the deep end for whatever reason. Um, Bondu did hit it well. Uh, we do have a similar background, having you know combat arms background, just that mentality. That is a huge thing. Um, so definitely find people. If, if you're looking for people to work with, look for people with the similar background, similar demographic, just to at least start out on. Uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, look past, you know, past that initial uh, close circle that you have. Uh, when you build past yeah. that, look for capabilities, not necessarily who the person is. So again, uh, Chris, the guy from. Uh, he was a signals guy, you know, not combat arms, different background, completely just – I forget how I got – well, I got linked up with him through uh, the travel squad, you know, a little offshoot – not an offshoot of GORUCK, but uh, a group started something similar um, to support, you know, families from first group. But uh, with his background, we definitely identified some capabilities and you know, some things that he knew, you know, that we didn't. So don't yeah. – uh, it definitely ask questions and, and look for advice, you know, and look for people that, that can stay calm uh, That just won't start flipping out on everything because it, it's the most important thing uh, Past having similarities if someone's gonna keep you calm keep you focused uh, Look at a, uh, goals objectively that's that's extremely important as opposed to Somebody who's gonna be shoot from the hip, you know every minute uh, is gonna go off and people you know every other hour, or, you know, whatever um, just a very calm, focused, uh, surgical approach. You know, does help. So,
0: Scott, did you have something?
2: Yeah,
1: I, I was just saying that it's that comfort, and, and again, that, that knowing what you know, and that comfort in being able to objectively look at somebody else and go, I don't know the answer to this, and yeah. you know can, you can help me out, you've got experience in this, and and it's not necessarily that's that thing, but we know in the teams that I'm never going to try and do something out of my comfort zone if Alex is on my ODA and knows it better than I, I'm just going to have him do it, because we all have strengths and weaknesses, and when Early in the podcast today, when you guys were talking about your differences and how you linked up, when I heard simply that Mondo has graphic design and website experience, I was like, holy cow, that's genius, because I can't tell you how much money I've thrown at logos and this and that and all the, the you know, ankle-biter oh. issues that come up. Yep. So having that complementary skill set resident within the executive team just from the inception, that's pretty good I mean that that's that's top notch and and always build up with a team that compliments you, the guy that has that brick and you know brick and mortar building that wants to go instead of trying to ostracize and alienate him, bring him into the fold and partner up with it if it serves your needs because It's a big world, and everybody can live comfortably in it
0: together. I thought it's great that you mentioned that because about culture, I mean, what you're really talking about is with any any organization, you want to focus on the culture of it, whether you're looking for a company to join it and uh, become an employee or you're a company that's looking for potential employees like you guys are, you're wanting to try try to find that right fit, people that can blend in with what it is, people that share the vision. I mean, you know, I had an old boss um, that I give a lot of credit to uh, who had a – Um, His brother and and his father both were retired military. And when we were talking about uh, a company that we were taking from uh, a private company to a publicly traded company, we were looking at trying to create the mission statement, the vision statement, you know, and all those types of things. And, you know, we had ideas of what we uh, were trying to put out there. But what he told me was, if I've got to put it on a poster, if I've got to put it to where it's a sticker or a card that you got to stick inside your badge... Then the people don't get it. Yeah. It should be something where I walk up to any individual and I say, "What's our mission? What's our vision? What are our values within this organization? and everybody understands it and that's that's yeah. really what you're talking about. You're trying to find those people that are right fit that that you know that kind of share those commonalities and those uh, those values and everything. So I, I think that's great. So let's get back you know again, I googled the roast process. So I want to know if 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 you're a person that's out there and you're gonna you're trying to figure out what's the best coffee for me. As it is, as I understand it, dark roast has less has less acidity. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. So what, how does somebody determine what the best roast is when they're looking at your different? I know you have some descriptors and stuff that's on your website. Uh, but if they're trying to find the best roast for them and best type of coffee, what's the best way to describe um, how they can, their taste buds are going to know whether or not that's going to fit?
2: Well, I guess uh, when you say acidity, it, it, that's not necessarily like the rot gut acidity that uh, people uh, <laughs> associate with coffee. Um, that's that's an old, like rancid oil effect of, of having old coffee. The acidity is more of, is the, let's say, tartness because it's not. Something guys want to think of, drinking coffee on a range and talk about tart coffee. But uh, it's a very little bit of sourness, I guess, to the coffee. Um, So when you start with the roast process, you start with the regional flavors. If you take the green bean, uh, all coffee is a crop. So you're going to uh, the sunlight, the altitude, uh, rainfall, the soil. Everything plays into how that coffee tastes, just like, uh, I guess, grapes and hops and every other crop. Um, As we roast it, so you start out light and as it goes along, uh, the sugar is caramelized. You start to get more of like that earthier coffee taste. Um, But if somebody wants uh, like a smoother, I guess more balanced out coffee, you'd have to look at like a medium to medium dark that's uh, right in the middle between, again, the regional flavors where you get uh, everything that, that affects the crop taste down to the dark roast, which is just... You go past the sugars caramelizing, and everything's essentially burning. Um, uh, But if again, if somebody's wondering what certain coffees taste like, you almost have to try uh, try a couple different roasts. Because if you took one coffee from Costa Rica, then every second along the roast process, you stop, you you pull some beans out, you have a cup. Within that timeline, you're talking—I mean—almost an infinite amount of flavors that you can get, or just different types of cups of coffee. Um, So it's Almost, you, you have to start out with what you like, what you're familiar with, kind of start there. Then if you have you know, the time and the money, you'll get a different cup or a different bag here or there, and you just kind of ex- expand. Just like tasting beer, you invest some money into different different bags of coffee.
0: Um, so you mentioned something there two, uh, as well that I guess you know I w- didn't really think about, but in your process, you've got to make sure that if I order Doc's Brew, every time I order it, it tastes the same. So there's a there's a process there that you have to go through on your end to make sure that the quality of each bag represents what that bag is meant to taste like. Um, and if there's any variation, then obviously I'm going to have a different experience.
2: Yeah, no, it's uh, something hard to nail down to. It, it's, yeah, it's a function of heat and time, so you, you have to record that. And uh, with every customer, it's different because one guy's dark is not – the same level of dark roast coffee as, as the next guy um, the kicker with us it's we can get very close to that but with it being a very very small micro roasting operation it's almost like brewing a bottle of beer at a time um, so there will be some variation uh, the temperature outside the humidity everything affects how that roast process uh, go, like, goes along but yeah you are absolutely right you, you do have to pay attention to you know what is medium to find that once you kick that out a stick as close as possible to that every time um, some variations okay but yeah you, you have to maintain that that consistency
0: totally makes sense and so Mondo you're monitoring monitoring uh, the social media stuff I know so I know you guys uh, maybe kind of help out the listeners who are trying to find you of course you got your website which is d e e s p r e s s o l i b e dot com um, so that's, that's really simple to find there, but you have other avenues that you can also find you guys as well. So what are those kind of share those with us?
3: Uh, we have Twitter obviously at the Espresso bear and Instagram is another one. Facebook the Espresso bear. So those are our main ones right now. We're tying into other ones. I'm going to get uh Snapchat here going as soon as I move up there. Oh, wow. So we can get, uh, kind of get everybody involved on what we're doing and you know some of the roasting and stuff so they can see what's going on it's a little difficult right now you know being in different locations but once i get out there we're going to hit different avenues of social media to kind of give a just immerse people in what we're doing kind of make them a part of it
0: so when you guys when when a customer goes into your site and they're looking for um the different types of coffee um they'll see the the various different brands and within that they can also choose the, um, the, the different types of roast, right? Whether it's uh, medium roast, um, dark roast, whatever the case may be. Um, and then they can also serve, uh, determine the quantity, uh, of the, the bag size or they all come in one. I can't...
2: Yeah, yeah, that's correct. They, they could uh, choose the roast, uh, level. Then it's either 12 ounce or six, 16 ounce bag. Um, just, Begin the roast process. We have to toss in a minimum of a pound of coffee, and when we roast that, that roasts down to 12 ounces. So we just kept it simple. We had sample bags a couple of years ago, but you're you're talking about you're roasting three different bags of coffee, cutting them down to you know a third of what you just roasted. You know, the mailing that out. Um, we will start to look into doing like sample packs in the future, but that will be probably on a weekly basis once we you know get enough orders for that. But it's it's really straightforward it's either three quarter pound to a pound that's really what you find at the grocery store you choose your roast level then you, yeah you choose your bag then then go from there
0: I love the model I love the concept I I, I wish you guys nothing but the best especially as you start working with these other companies uh, that I know a lot about uh, and or have heard a lot about um, and Of course, uh, we want to definitely have you guys back on in the future um, to hear about some of the changes that you guys have made and the partnerships that you made through that and some of the growth pains that you've experienced as well. Because with any company in the entrepreneurial world, um, you're going to go through those peaks and valleys as we've talked about. You're going to have those uh, periods where you're going to have growth spurts and then you're going to have those periods where you're wondering what the heck's going on. So... Um, I think when Just, you share that
2: I'm all over it I got it <laughs>
0: uh, appreciate it guys and uh, right. at any rate uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the, this night's show uh, we want to thank uh, both Alex and Mondo for taking time out of their busy schedule in order to come with us and take you away from your roasting opportunities and uh, going out there and selling more of your business um, as Scott shared with us in uh, last uh, week's meeting when we were talking about networking any time away from that takes away from your personal business. So we really appreciate you guys doing that. And uh, be sure to check these guys out at uh, uh, D'EspressoLiberre.com. Again, on uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, you can Google it. You'll find them uh, many different uh, ways. Buy the coffee, support the Gold Star families, support our veterans, and uh, you'll be uh, very pleased that you did. Um, great product. Again, wish you both uh, much uh, success in the future and we'll look forward to uh, getting back together then.
2: I appreciate it, guys. Hey, Rob, yeah, Scott, thank thanks. you. thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot.